0: like saying Mm -hmm. ACM Punk Chris Jericho, yes, you won the WWE title, but you're Mm -hmm. just not, you know, you're you're not exactly you're not the rock and you're not Hulk Hogan. That's just that's what it is. And it's not an insult. You achieved the top level you can achieve, but you're just not on that top level. And another guy who's not was was Triple H. Um Mm -hmm. and it's really interesting because he um like he's had a really long and really successful career Mm-hmm. And I couldn't really—I mean, only after it's brought to my memory, like all the things that he's done. But it's really, really interesting career, and I think what what really fascinated me recently is—you know—all the little ESPN headlines and it's going all over Instagram and Twitter. Everyone talking about the retirement of Triple H and Stephen mm-hmm. A. Interviewing him. Mm-hmm. I never—it surprised me because—and it's sort of—I'm still trying to understand it because I never see Triple H as on the level of a guy who would have warranted that kind of attention you know i never saw him as that way and yet he's being talked about in this way like when brady retired and i wonder if this is a new era for wrestler retirements where whenever a wrestler does announce retirement they're going to get this kind of treatment like not whenever but what a wrestler who would say won 10 plus championships or whatever like because like when other wrestlers sort of stepped away they never talked about this. Granted, it's also because wrestlers never fully retire, and this guy's saying I will never wrestle again. Yet, I don't know. I just whenever people say that, you always, like I asked you about Edge the other day because that's why I don't really believe anyone's truly. I used to not. Be, I used to say no one's ever really retired, and then when mm-hmm. they started having these debilitating injuries, because then you know the, the the level of the the level of uh, injury was just getting worse for the guys, particularly in the Attitude Era or the Crash TV Era. I'd be like, okay, well these guys like own Stone Gold and Edge and whoever definitely they're done. Like you can't go and get yourself your neck snapped. And now these guys are actually coming back in, in, in one capacity or another. So with Triple H, I don't know. I mean it's like would I be surprised? I won't be surprised if in seven years he's like, Yeah, you know, I'm I'm gonna have one match, just one match. It's, well look look know. at the I mean,
1: Daniel Bryan basically healed his CTE to a point, I mean, he got some protein deposits out of it, which was the, you know, that was, that was the lingering thing that said like, no, you're, you're like one bad bump away from, from being mush and punch drunk. Um, who, who knows what they can do with the human heart. You know, he's got a catheter in there right now. And um,
0: you yeah. know,
1: he's 52 right now, you know, Sting's still wrestling at 63, but um, I don't know. It, it it's, that They're is
0: going. a remarkable thing about how old these mm-hmm. guys are wrestling. We'll go back to Triple mm-hmm. H in a second. Is how many of these guys are wrestling in such an old age? Because you remember back in the '90s when Bob, well, Bob Backlund wasn't even that old, was he? Like he was his like 40s? 44. Yeah, like, right. 44. Yeah, and, and we Vince saw hated. him as yeah. Oh, yeah, as grandpa. As, they mm-hmm. his gimmick was the old guy out of touch, right? And then Shut when up. they had tr- um, Terry Funk, middle aged and crazy, mm-hmm. that was his gimmick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. granted that was kind of it's on the old side to be he was early 50s i think right am i thinking of that right yeah yeah yeah, yeah early 50s was, yeah. but he caused he was not at all athletic either at that age which was mm-hmm. interesting when you think about what these guys are doing at their ages but anyway so triple h like um what do you like what do you what are your thoughts on his career and where he stacks up He's really like, a guy
1: you can go many directions. I, I actually think that he's on the level to have an interview with Stephen A. Smith, who you just know okay. knows nothing about wrestling, um, but that's okay. <laughs> that's what Stephen A. Smith doesn't know a lot of things about it, but he's he's a $12 million man. I, I respect it. Um, he's... Um, I can maybe answer partially why he's getting that kind of treatment. Because... Um, so I love... I love Sean Paul and I didn't when he was starting to get popular because he was just too much on tv and too much on music videos and uh and every song but Sean Paul in like is still whatever the new artist is he's doing a feature with them like he's just and that's Triple H it's Triple H and Cactus Jack it's Triple H and The Rock it's Triple H and Jericho Austin um Undertaker uh Hogan uh just just everyone um as oh, brock lesnar um Kurt angle um he's worked with so many guys his his catalog is extensive, whether or not you can pick out gems if if you like, like I happen to like uh triple h matches um so I think through osmosis that's where he got his his popularity and uh, you know and frankly like he's he's always kind of guy and been the guy that's that he was um his push was more over than him you know he was really the, the 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 first championship made him more than he made the championship until um you know i want to say that too uh, you know north of two uh, north of wrestlemania 19 going into 20 where rock was gone even though he did come back for WrestleMania 20 but everyone knew he was a part-time guy austin was was done um and he had the brand split, so it's just like yeah, Triple H is like the number one guy, right? Uh, because who's who's left really? So he kind of favorable timing, right? And he already worked yeah. with those guys as well. So he, he, uh, part of the gimmick was that he outlasted you know the, the two biggest drawing guys the last um, ten years. Um, yeah. What else with Triple H? He's he's um. So maybe we we can take it back a bit. I mean, you know. Um, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. It's funny because you, you and I DM. You, I, I think you call him Helmsley. I call him Hunter. um He's triple H, and his friends call him Paul, apparently. But it's it's so funny how I, I like I still call him Hunter and, and Helmsley and all that stuff um because he's, he's still that guy to us. He's still the guy, you know, getting buried the for the snob. Yeah. yeah the Greenwich snob who did the curtain call and He had to do a stupid um pigs you know, you know pig the, style the match slot with, with, with yeah, yeah. The the slot match with it is godwin um because you know he was supposed to win um he was supposed to win the uh the, the king of the, the king ring of the ring and, and get the Austin rub I will say this about Triple H. I, I'm gonna defend him right off the bat. And a lot of people have said this over the years. The most famous lion wrestling school, oh triple H, you know he he's only there because you know he he banged the right hole and all that stuff and you know, um and and was uh, you know married the right McMahon and stuff like this. From his haters, well, actually not haters, from his detractors, I guess you could say, or people that are at least lukewarm from him. Whether it's Jim Ross interviews over the year, Bruce Pritchard, Jim Cornette, everyone always said the second that Triple H came to WWF, which is where he wanted to be always, um, he said that I want to. I want to get paid a million dollars downside guarantee, which was unheard of in 95, 96. Um, I think that guy was always driven. If Stephanie was not on the page, if Stephanie ended up marrying Kurt Angle or uh, Kest or uh, God, I don't know um, any one of those guys edge. um, I still think Triple H would have been a world champion. He he, he would have had, I would say a similar career, except he wouldn't be, you know he, NXT would not have happened I think that's the where the career arc would have happened he would have eventually been beat by John Cena and they would have kind of you know pushed him down a tier and he would have jobbed to Batista and all that stuff but that that 2002 to 2004 run where he had the golden shovel and he was like beating Taz in like three minutes, and you know beating <laughs> RVD and Chris Benoit and like you know Scott Steiner, and he would lose to Goldberg, only to beat Goldberg. Uh, he would have. He, he was very clickish. You know, you couldn't take the click out of him. That guy was click from day one. He knew what he wanted, and he, he knew how to work Vince McMahon. He had very good people who had worked McMahon before before he ever arrived. So Triple H would have done very well politically, um, and he would have been. He, he, he probably his wrestling career would have would not have been too different had stephanie not not come in the picture
0: i i completely agree with that part anyone who thinks that oh it's only because he's with stephanie um that's why he gets successful i don't so i don't agree with that point um i do i mean also I think all, also, wor- also,
1: also 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 i think i i don't know why people i mean you know, if if I was if I was hauling manure for you know eight bucks an hour, like my wife wouldn't want to be with me. I mean, is it the worst thing in the world to? I, I actually think that he can. He he loves Stephanie. They they love each other, and I I I, I get all that. I don't see why they can't be the power couple, but it can't be genuine. And oh, by the way, he might have leveraged the situation. I don't know why all of that couldn't be true. Like he's he's. It's not like. Um, it's, it's not that crazy of a chess move. In fact, it's one of those chess moves that, um, people are probably saying, Oh, you know, Oh, I would never do that. It's like, really, really (laughs) Stephanie McMahon, the boss's daughter doesn't be like, Hey, let's go out for a drink one day. And like six months later, you guys are potentially hooking up and you know, you might marry her. You wouldn't do that. Um, (laughs) again, I, I don't see that as like a, a sly move. I think they, they both saw the potential in each other. And, uh, you know, so, so be it, man. It's, it's, it's Darwin at the end of the way, uh, at the end of the day. Sorry.
0: So you touch on exactly the point. I was, yeah, to, to do it, to elaborate a little bit on the point is I don't think it's he's with her. And then he has a successful career. I think it's right at what you as you said, he was driven to be great in the business. And now he like, was never, he just didn't have the natural talents and charisma to be a, a top, you know, five star. But he was going to be able mm-hmm. to build this career out of it, and you just have to build, and you just sort of have to hang in there, mid card, upper yeah. mid card, and it's not that he's with Steph, therefore that's why he gets to be champion, because like wrestling is it is the meritocracy, right? You got to be able to sell tickets, sell merch. You're not if you're healed, they not sell merch, but you got to be you got to be able to be someone that that makes sense for them to put the belts on and keep going. And he was he because of his drive for that business steph who i think is underrated in her like commitment to the business too
1: mm-hmm. like
0: just like minds you know like kindred spirits mm-hmm. they find each other how many people how many other wrestlers who love the business and love that company as like who are not in the family the like, way triple h did right because he actually went out of his way he like did all the things he's supposed to do when he's on the lower card and he's grinding away he's jobbing he's, he's really not getting over he's got a I guess it's a good gimmick, sort of. I don't know. But he's never really doing anything noteworthy. And he just keeps grinding. And there's this familiarity. He builds with a fan base. Just enough. You're just familiar enough. And then when you get the camera time, you do more. And he's just sort of expanding his character a little bit by little bit. He's he's approaching into DX, where whatever is happening, or he's he's Hunter Hards-Hamsley moving into the DX figure. And it's clear he doesn't look comfortable. But he keeps expanding what he's comfortable with what he's able to do and further and further and further as he's becoming an individual star he just he never looked truly natural he looked like he mm-hmm. was sort of like trying to push himself to do more like he's a bit like when you're in business school and you may not naturally be the leader most most students are not but they're pushing themselves to like get used to giving public get used to giving uh, public speeches get used to doing interviews get used to networking get used to Doing a bunch of things you're not used to doing. Whether maybe you're that way, but you're not used to doing Excel work. But then you do it, and he just keeps building this portfolio of experience as a wrestler, and he's learning from it, and he's growing it. But he's not naturally a wrestler. He's just mm-hmm. I want to make this money, and I want to be successful. And and like I remember Kevin Nash doing an interview, a shoot, when he was talking about, yeah, you know, Hunter was the best guy to party with because he never drank. He never did anything. Mm-hmm. He was the designated mm-hmm. driver. He's just mm-hmm. like he was always clean. And so it was always great for everyone else because he didn't mind just driving the car. And yeah. um and it's like that already is the mind when you're in your twenties and you're in that kind mm-hmm. of business, you already have a different kind of mindset than all the other wrestlers. Because the other wrestlers, when they get they they are not thinking this way, right? They're thinking, no. Hey, I wanna be the guy getting cheered and like I mean, The Rock, and I completely agree. He was going to be able to achieve this anyway or not, because you think about his kin, his ties to Steph. Like it's kind of irrelevant in my view, because if you look at Vince, had no problem sort of letting Shane go off on his own. Like Shane is like, I guess I don't have anything here, and so it's not really the blood stuff. It's not really the blood mm-hmm. relations with him. It's not in the family relations. Um, Vince has has done all sorts of things that he thought were good for. The business and the fan and Vince is of high on being a promoter too so it's not really just uh it's not just a like a dictatorship like that you know where you just know and take care of your
1: buddies and
0: I think that's
1: you know there's there's a flip side of the coin I mean I think Triple H is getting his come up in now with you know his nuts mm. getting snipped off we can get into that in a second but but the, the I, I want to get into um you know Triple H them putting the 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 championship on him the night after um yeah uh, summer slam with um austin jesse ventura uh, mankind and him and um oh, yeah. austin not wanting to do the job to triple h which i get so Foley becomes the de facto champion for one night and then triple h beats him in a one-on-one thought that was well done um i dug it at the time because i was really cheering for him because here's the thing wcw as bad as they were for a little while, they were in this weird pur- purgatory where it was only, you know, Luger, Hogan, Nash, Goldberg getting the championship. And, yeah, you might not like Jeff Jarrett as a champion. You might not buy DDP and Booker T as their champion, Scott Steiner. Um, well, maybe not Scott Steiner, but, you know, Jared Jarrett specifically. Yeah, yeah and, and DDP and, and whatnot. But here's the thing. You need <laughs> – you, you need – people who are on that level that you have to buy as champion, you know, you, even if their title runs are ridiculous, the fact that they were a DDP was like a three-time WWE WCW champion within in a matter of like two weeks, it was pathetic, but Hey man, that's, that's a CV that's his resume. So now when DDP fights a Goldberg for, you know, a championship match, you know, it's believable that he could actually win. Um, so WWE was, was getting in that territory where I was, I never bought Foley as more than a transitional champion, which he was. Kane as well, Undertaker. Really, their only established world champions were Rock and uh and Austin. Yeah. So adding Triple H to that mix, it it made sense. I was I was cheering for that. And even though it was a heel run, I I wanted him to succeed. And he was not over as champion. I I remember him doing the homage to Scott Steiner with that steel mesh helmet that he had one time or maybe the vest. Um, he dropped that for one night and even going into, you know, his first real uh, test as a champion, you know, 2000 Royal Rumble, um, triple H cactus, Jack Madison square garden. It was a good match. It was, it was a really, really good match. It, 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 he won the crowd over and I watched it again because I knew we were going to do this. And I totally forgot. Actually, I didn't forget. I thought it was much earlier in the match, they the boring chants were halfway during the match. They had like a 25-minute match and at like, you know, the 13th minute the chant the crowd was chanting boring. I think they were chanting boring in part that um they were off to the uh MSG, you know, kind of center entrance where no one could get. And they not there's not a big screen at MSG as well. So oh, yeah. the crowd might have been annoyed that they could not see it. But that's how like the crowd was dead. Um You know, uh, the Hardy Boys and and Dudley Boys had a table match earlier that day. But then they really picked it up and Triple H was just like put on a clinic after those two. And it it was like, okay, I remember thinking end of that Royal Rumble match. Triple H goes over, over Tactus Jack, which he should have. I'm glad he did. And then um, they would have a Hell in a Cell match later. But that Royal Rumble match was just like, motherfucker, that's the stamp. Triple H
0: has arrived. You know i remember that and i have it on dvd somewhere and i think the reason why there are a lot of boring chants was because triple h if you really think back to that period of time and the skepticism of him as champion is because he actually wasn't a very good wrestler he didn't have a great move set he had the joke was he had like four or five moves and they all involved his knee he had the flying knee in the air he did the knee drop he did like the thing where you grab the guy's head and you do like instead of a instead of a suplex you actually just jump up and drop him down on the knee. And I forget what the fourth mm-hmm. one was. I mean, it's kind of funny. I could just write off the three views right there. But what you notice as the years went on, this goes back to what I'm saying about him building this portfolio of experience, like he's a business school student, like is some kind of professional like that, is, is one thing was his transitions, his gimmicks. It's a bit odd. He goes from the Greenwich snob to the DX guy to being like the game. Uh, the game. Like it was just a really weird transition that anyone could, you know, like you... It, it's just a really bizarre arc. But then in terms of a car- of a person that would go through that, like how does that even get explained? It's never been explained in terms of a storyline yeah. angle, but in terms of character development, angle's okay. But then the other part was if you look at his wrestling ability, it really just gets better and better and better every year that goes by. Like as wrestlers come in, you almost wonder if like, as these wrestlers come in from WCW or whoever, he starts asking them, Hey, how do you do this one move? How do you do this one move? Like he started introducing the spine buster for like that Arm Anderson. You gotta wonder, hey, Aaron, how do you do the spine buster? And then- like, uh, and as,
1: as soon as uh, you're right, as soon as uh, WWE bought, uh, WWF bought WCW, it was just like, it was, it was perfect timing, right? He probably, that he probably did talk to RNN because because it's, it's like, funny you mentioned that because I'm like man I bet you Triple H could do a mean spine buster and then he does it like six months later.
0: <laughs> well, and then also like you know he started introducing a lot of elements from like heel flare, like just bagging off, like well, learning, yeah. Just and, like, I mean, yeah, they're the most obvious things like the the moves, but he just got better and better and better at being a wrestler and being a worker in the ring so so that kind of made sense now, it made sense to me why people didn't buy him in the beginning. the rumble match, the hell in the cell, it was I was definitely still not on Triple h and probably because I was a mark and you all know, like you know anti triple h, but really that's what he's trying to get you to do is to not like him um but I would say when it turned for me. For really turned was when it was Triple H Cena. That was when he oh, wow. actually. You're skipping a lot. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. am. Because that's the moment when, when he's next to a young Cena who is a champion mm-hmm. for a year or two at this point, who he's not really being respected as the best guy in the business. And Triple H sort of cuts him up in a promo saying, Hey, you happen to not be a very good wrestler. And everyone just, it wasn't even like a boo or a cheer, just everyone's laughing here. When you hear authentic laughter in a crowd, in a wrestling crowd, that's something else because it just breaks Mm -hmm. the air and you can hear it. Mm -hmm. And then that became, then that's when the You Can't Wrestle chants just started and stuck with Cena Mm -hmm. for, Mm -hmm. I can't remember when they stopped, but, um, but with Triple H, it was when he stood next to Cena, I think that was the moment where fans across the board started to appreciate, oh yeah, here's this guy that we maybe didn't like or didn't respect or we didn't give him his due but now next to a guy who is going through his com- his coming of age here is seen C- here's Triple H he really has grown he he actually is a real wrestler that we do respect and when they're in the WrestleMania match and I forget if it's WrestleMania 22 um when he starts getting some of the cheers and yeah there's a bit of the mm-hmm. oh, we're going to we're going to just boo Seen in the face but John Cena, you can yeah but you can hear it's a bit of a different cheer because it's not ironic cheers like it comes out of toronto it's cheers for triple h and then triple h in terms of the respect from the fans he never lost it after that point that was that was how yeah. he took his career it was forever See, changing yeah yeah
1: that's interesting because i always his wrestling never really changed for me um i always liked it i always thought because i knew about it i knew that rick flair was his favorite i knew he tried to copy rick flair he just uh, he actually should have tried maybe copy Bret hart a little bit more especially because he wanted to he he, he, he did this weird rick flair where he wouldn't have the rick flair pace especially like a pace that rick flair would have with ricky steamboat but um you know he just wanted to have drag out matches for like 35 40 minutes but yeah i think he was copying the wrong wrestler um <laughs> and and and, and he, he would not have been able to pull off the brett, um, brett style either but um he's a bit like yeah, a Harley I mean, race I'm not,
0: in a way i'm trying to remember Harley
1: yeah. Race. um yeah i, I mean yeah. like okay here's the thing i liked triple h's wrestling i liked a lot of his matches i never um i'm trying to think of one thing that he does better than anyone else i mean his his punch is okay His you know, his knee, once it got up there in age... His punch know, got better. Do you like...
0: remember his punches when, when it was the, the the 2000 era? He would do that mm-hmm. punch, he would be on top of the guy, but his arm mm-hmm. would be, like, doing, like, a yeah. screw, like, like, he's yeah. shoveling sand in a sand pail. That's what it looked like. And yeah. then it got better. Then, like, this goes back to, he just got better and better. Like, he probably talked to, like, Actually, I mean, he should have had a good punch. I mean, he was friends with Scott Hall, who had the best punch in the business. friends with Scott
1: Hall, and I I don't know. Kowalski uh, trained him. Perry Saturn trained him a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's – but Triple H was always – Triple H was always – and and I mean this as a compliment, uh, a a poor man's version of Ric Flair and Bret Hart's love child. I – I, I think that's what he was was going for. He just came up a little bit short, but in coming up short, he's still in the ninetieth. Okay. He's still in the ninetieth percent. He's in the ninetieth percentile. Well, here's why I say Bret Hart because Bret Hart. Can you imagine if Bret Hart? <laughs> I feel like man, Stephanie's gonna get passed around a lot in this chat. Imagine if Bret Hart marries Stephanie McMahon and he's able to have thirty-five minute matches every single pay per view. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because cause here's the thing, like, Triple H had a lot of duds, like, you know, the, the the Rob Van Dam matches really missed the mark, the Goldberg matches could have been better, um, Scott Steiner matches, not as bad as the internet said they were, but could have been way better, yeah, he just, he missed a lot, um, he, he, he missed a lot of moments, I think, to have really good pay-per-view matches, so he was, the internet gave him the Golden Shovel moniker, his matches were being ripped apart, even though they weren't that bad.
0: Yeah, they weren't that bad, but yeah, right.
1: Yeah, they they weren't that bad. And occasionally, you know, he would have, um, you know, uh, Last Man Standing match with Jericho. He would have a really good tag team match on on Raw against Jericho and Benoit with with uh, Steve Austin his partner. The WrestleMania match, the uh, WrestleMania twenty main event, which is still my favorite um, WWE. One of my favorite WWE matches ever, and probably still my favorite WrestleMania match. Matter his WrestleMania match against Daniel um, Bryan um, to kick off WrestleMania Thirty was good too. Um, yeah, he it's it's like um he, he's going for something that he's not quite hitting, but in hitting that he's still um, yeah man he he could he could tap dance around John Cena any day of the week, and I, I'd put him I I'd put him over. CM Punk, if I had to, you know, no, it's sure. like, Hey, you know, there's a lot of guys who I'm picking a prime Triple H um to have better matches than others, and yet he still missed um missed a lot in my opportunity. And in, in my opinion, like he didn't quite reach. um He wasn't Kurt Angle, and it's. it's I so, think it's interesting because I think they had a. We talked about rivalry earlier. I think him. I think Kurt Angle having all these amazing matches with, like, equal time as well. Kurt Angle having the 35-minute matches. Triple H was having 35-minute matches, one on Raw, one on SmackDown. Kurt Angle was delivering on all of them. Triple H wasn't. I know that was a bone of contention when Kurt Angle's contract was up and, you know, he was going through his issues. And, yeah, Triple H was like, fuck this. I kind of want this guy to move on as well because, like, I don't want to work with him. And he's probably, you know, he's he is outshining. You know, so that's that's another guy that you can throw into the mix. He was just not as good as a lot of his contemporaries. Where he benefited was he was still a main event guy because we're now living the Triple H era, the Golden Shovel Triple H era is also the era where there's no Steve Austin and no rock. One of the best matches these ever had was the no way out match against Steve Austin, uh two out of three falls, which was just fucking barn burn. Oh, Again, slow, methodical, they're both slow, but they had it was, it was a great match and triple um sorry triple h um i think um he did at the time jim ross called it he said it was one of the best matches I ever called i listened to him during that call he was on fire man you could just tell mm-hmm. that he was like he, he couldn't believe what he was calling it was really fun to hear jim ross uh call that match but yeah the no way out match was another um it's, that's why i'm interesting that you found that you go all the way to john cena where it's just like man yeah to- yeah
0: because he didn't get the re- find maybe insiders in the business but but like fans i don't think you didn't hear the adoration of the the from the fans the same way like they just he was just seen all the way through as like you said slow boring the five knees mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. can't really cut a promo he's like sort of like it just didn't feel authentic or it's just it's not captivating just it was a lot of that. Um, yeah, I think is we all suffered. I suffered from it. Where everybody thought, "Ah, with Steph, that's why he's getting this push." We're not Maybe. recognizing that. Not recognizing that he, you know, was actually growing as a performer, growing as a wrestler, and only by the time we got to see him, actually, yeah, this guy deserves his spot. He deserves to be here. Like that was the moment. It probably, I, oh, yeah, it, yeah.
1: It probably didn't help as well. Because I think what you know, um, Golden Shovel Triple H was basically. So he tears his quad right in the in the championship match, in the tag team championship match, in RAW. He comes back, super swole, um, the biggest he's ever been, <laughs> and he's a face. And his crowning moment. Was a deflated Sky Dome that I sadly was a part of. Jason, I had no energy for that last match because <laughs> we just we all blew our wand on the Rock and Hulk Hogan match. That we had nothing left, and, and they did buffer it with a women's match, in between. did not help. We were out of it. Um, Women, who was who
0: was it? Uh, it was like was a Trish
1: Stratus, Lita, and Trish was a
0: triple threat. That's right. Yeah, yeah,
1: Tr- yeah Trish got no love in Toronto. Yeah, we, dude, we were done. We were done. I was embarrassed. I felt there was this one guy trying to get our section going for the, for the Chris Jericho match because he was Canadian, but they booked him as a heel. It was it was terrible. Um, <laughs> so that crowning moment did not help. Then he loses to Hulk Hogan for the championship. Oh, the and nice then, one. Yeah. yeah yeah, and then he has to go on this heel run, which you know, which by the time WrestleMania rolls around, I think that was a bad moment as well because that was such a bad, grotesque, um, ugly storyline between him and Booker T. Like, oh, you know, Booker, right. was- you know, Booker T. You and your nappy hair, you'll never be championship material. Ric Flair telling Booker T. to grab my bags. I don't know who fucking <laughs> wrote that shit. It was terrible. So triple h beats him clean at WrestleMania. well that terrible part so, was
0: the fact that triple h went over i guess right i mean i think leading up of course i think that the, the better part would be triple h would do the job
1: that's what everyone thought that's why everyone and 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 what's even more disgusting is bruce pritchard on his podcast was like well um you know we had brock lesnar winning that night so we can't have two baby faces going oh really there, there there's there's a rule on the amount of baby faces <laughs> one, one night um He's just a shill for, for Vince McMahon, so it's pretty pathetic. But um so 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 already the Triple H heel run is already off to a bad start because yeah, we accept you as a heel, but come on, man, like Booker T, like really you wouldn't put him over on one even if you beat him the next night on Raw, like let him have his WrestleMania moment and then again it was just a slew of guys one after another. It's 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 R V D,
0: it's it's Benoit, it's uh it's it's um Scott Steiner, it's they need to get the belt off RVD, right? Because he tested positive for uh, no, no. He was pulled oh, over. Oh no!
1: You're you're getting your timelines confused. RVD's okay. RVD was buried first by Triple H, well before uh, he cashed okay. in his money at the bank. Oh, that's this great. was. Okay. I, I okay. want to say this is the uh the era between WrestleMania um eighteen to twenty. Sorry, sorry, nineteen to twenty. That one year where it was just you know, and then he finally lost to Benoit. But you know, it, it was. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, internet hated him again. He could have had better matches. He he was with Ric Flair, right? Because they were Evolution and all that stuff. They were trying to. He 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 dressed like Ric Flair. He
0: he kind of had this blowout as well. Really blonde. He, well, he began to like when, when yes. Flair joined WWE. That's when he started bringing the stuff. One day he just showed up wearing that pink polo with the black trousers. Was like, oh okay, mm-hmm. like, I think he, King or Jr. just made a, oh okay, a different look because he was not wearing he, the cut off jacket. Yeah, he, he started
1: uh, he started calling himself the Diamond. Um, you know, it was it was a lot of like, I'm. Why can't I be Ric Flair? i uh, Ric Flair's in my faction. I'm gonna wrestle like Ric Flair, except. You're not Ric Flair, and and, and again, he probably should have picked another wrestler to um to to. But but again, even in doing a half baked version of whoever wrestler he was emulating and trying to make it his own, he still wasn't that bad. He just wasn't that good either. And I think that internet fans made him pay for it. Um, and you know, and then it gets to I, I Maybe the John Cena is when people were starting to kind of okay. You're the you're the you're the wily vet now. Now we kind of want to see yeah. you. We we kind of forgive the golden shovel years, and now we wouldn't mind seeing a couple more championships um, uh, around you. So, like most fickle wrestling fans, they they eventually come around, and um, you know they they certainly did around you know going into late two thousands and in a, a twenty ten
0: i agree with that that's why we the fans particularly i mean we're so all embedded at that time the internet wrestling fans we didn't really like the stuff about triple h i think in hindsight what i realized is i would think if you're a vince and you're trying to run your company and wrestling guy wrestlers particularly in that era and earlier are not necessarily the most stable and reliable individuals as a collective um you get some guys like Brett and Owen and The Heart. Like that's probably also why they like the guys from the families because you they already know the business and you know they're mostly reliable. You don't. It's I know. Like, I know where oh. you're going. Yes. So so the idea was, hey, like I know what this known. I know what this guy is, and I know what I can be doing with him for the next ten to fifteen years. Uh, there are guys we might have liked, like RVD and Booker T and uh, Jericho, but Vince might not have and he might have been correct in thinking it too, that he may not have seen the promise of these guys that it's worth eroding the value of Triple H by having him job to them, like in these stages, whatever. Like, Ravidi may not have been completely dependable. Clearly showed it when he gets the title mm-hmm. and am like a week or month later, he's already being pulled over. And, mm-hmm. oh, he shouldn't have get pulled over. I'm like, well, you know, like, we built, like, fans. like, oh, I can't believe that they would take the ball off him for something like his marijuana. I'm like, well, you know what? You already know yeah what did you expect, expect. just, just do like mm-hmm. you're the title just, just you know you have your run your one two year run then do whatever you want oh no or it's like guys like Owen. and he might have been like you know what owen just might not be the guy i can get mm-hmm. to sell merchandise and actually sell tickets and there were guys that they even missed on who like Benoit, eddie guerrero like those guys as much as they wanted them to be on top like they just they didn't they didn't sell as much, right? They, that's what I understand. Mm-hmm. Like that's why they eventually they had to pull the yeah. pedal off Benoit and give it to Randy Orton later, right? Mm-hmm. They needed to keep it moving. So when you have a guy like Triple H, all right, like he's a known entity. I can figure this out. And he ends up being a guy who adds so much value to the company over a twenty-year period. Is a bit like a Randy Orton. Randy Orton without the savvy of a Triple H, being like when he's like seventeen years old. Look at Randy. Knows the business. He's got a look. He's athletic he wants to do this we're going to work with him and build him into something and just he will be around for 20 years and when you're running a company you need guys like you need a lot of guys you need ideally you'd have everyone like this but not everyone's cut this but certainly not in the wrestling business like even when you find people like that like like tristratus they're like you know what i'm done i'm gonna go run my yoga shop in toronto like it's just hard to find these guys so you kind of like as much as we say he was a guy who was playing politics, and and we hate on Triple H for this, it's also as much as Vince probably just wanted to have Triple H around, not just because he's dating the daughter, but you know, he's it's it's it's
1: you're right, you're he, he's taking what the internet fans saw as a vice, and it's it is a redeeming quality because you know we know that Undertaker didn't go back oh, yeah. to WCW and he was you know offered at least a, a couple times um and just said no I'm, I'm a WWE guy for life had WCW lasted another say WCW was around today I could easily picture Triple H saying no I'm a life here if if Triple H was given the 20-year contract in 96 <laughs> Vince McMahon probably would have been better off giving it to him and not Bret Hart. It breaks my heart to say that, but <laughs> I, I see Bret Hart as like a guy every three years. It's like, all right, contract's up. What are you going to pay me? You're not going to pay me this? Okay. It's been great. I'm going to go see what the other guys do. I could totally see Bret Hart being more of a, a mercenary than a Triple, H, Triple H. Triple H. Triple H.
0: Well, that's H's not right, though, out. right? Because cause Bret wanted that long term. Vince told him to go away. Like Bret never, wa-
1: Bret said he yeah, never wanted. Yeah. Vince, to okay. Either. All
0: right. I suppose he told but, him
1: to go away, but. I mean, Vince, Triple
0: H, uh, sorry, Brett could have also But Brett, but Brett might have been more of an antagonist to Vince really. in a way. Like, he would have just been more to manage, right? Because Triple H yeah, is in a, a way, yeah. corporate guy yeah. being like, okay, he knows well, how to. Well, he plays win. the game, right? Yeah, he <laughs> plays the game, yeah. You might have already answered it. But what do you think was uh, could be the same one or could be different? Was best and fav- your favorite match and his best match of his career? My favorite will hey, oh. still be the yeah, my favorite will still be the WrestleMania 20 match with
1: him, Sean and and uh, Benoit. Um just like I had nervous energy for Triple H going to the Royal Rumble because I, you know, I kind of want to see this guy succeed and I, I think he's worthy of a championship. And and you know cactus was being um set up as as the foil to put him over, but it's just whether or not like they could pull off the match. So I was rooting for the match and, and it and it worked. Same thing going into WrestleMania 20. I'm like, oh man, I don't know. Like, Benoit got a decent pop for winning the Royal Rumble. He's in Madison Square Garden. You, you just don't know about New York, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah, you know, this is the this is the arena that went nuts for Steve Austin and Brett and uh, and yeah. Hulk Hogan and the Sheik. You just you just don't know what kind of reception they're going to give Benoit. As it turns out, they too are rooting for Benoit and. It's like if Triple H was really as despicable as the internet fans said he would, and even Shawn Michaels to that extent. You know, and this is born again Christian Shawn Michaels. You know, he's supposed to be holier than thou, um, even though reports are saying that he's still a prick. um, (laughs) Just has just has Jesus on his side now. Um, They could have done they they they, they could have done the autopilot match with Chris Benoit, right? But no, they they because Triple H was trained by Kowalski because Michaels was trained by Letharia, because as much as they're pricks, they love wrestling. They don't want anyone else to beat their match. So they might have selfish reasons. They may maybe don't like the Chris Benoit's getting the title, but no one's going to have a better match than them. And if it means if the end, if, if, if the best way to put on the best match is to get Chris Benoit, over then that's what we're gonna do so it was just i love that match because it had all that going into it you know very few matches i'm emotionally invested like that one so that's my favorite match i'd say his best one is probably um you know uh, the no way out match with him and stone cold because the crowd was just so hot for those two and it was like the match before wrestlemania they had such a wrestlemania type match i just freaking loved it. it went like 40 minutes It was awesome. So those would be my two matches.
0: Uh, I think... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, actually, yeah. Tell me about your favorite uh, Triple H matches. Okay, we'll come back to the angle in a second. As I think um, best match, I actually still go back to Triple H Cena, I think, because that to me showed the range where now he's the veteran. That's the first time where... I can remember where he was the guy who now has the young guy to elevate to be, Now I'm not talking about, he's working with Jericho or whatever. Cause Jericho was never going to be the guy, but Cena, he's now the crown jewel of the company at this point he's supposed to be, but he's still junior. And there was that, and that, that line in the promo where he's like, like something, um, Triple H just said to him, you know that I don't even need the title for everyone to know why I belong in this ring. Whereas that's why the title's on you. And the match as it's going along I okay I just the end there where Cena makes him where make I can't remember if he made Triple H tap out or or just pass out tap out yeah right he gets it and it was like a it was a moment for Cena that was an important win for Cena um and I can't Mm -hmm. remember if Shawn Michaels was the following year or not but or the year before but um but with year before I think yeah right so it was it was a really important win cause of all the context we have of, of Triple H not putting people over also it was a really good match and it was a moment where in a way it was just one of those things where you graduate now Triple H really is uh he belongs in the top tier and
1: mm-hmm. it was a
0: it was a good match that did the job of putting over Cena and so it was like here's this wise wrestler and in terms of favorite match um to be honest that's the thing i don't have favorite matches i think like maybe the Brock Lesnar Triple H match maybe just ah. because Yeah, maybe maybe like i was just thinking i wasn't following at the time i had to catch up on the product and then i'm seeing oh okay triple h and lesnar and it's like it's just like two big dudes lesnar just like an asshole and going up against another asshole and -hmm. they're just going at it and um and and you know just the, the spot with I don't know what to really make of it, whether I should hate it or not, but I still thought it looked really cool where Lesnar had the, he was trying to put on, it the Kimura on Les, no, it yep, was Triple Kimura. H putting the Kimura on Lesnar, and then Lesnar smashing Triple H on the steel steel, or maybe it was the other way around, I can't remember who had it what, but it was a coolest looking spot, um, just, just a knockdown drag out, and um, yeah. I, for me to say that's my favorite match, I really should remember the details much more clearly. But I think that also speaks to how I feel about Triple H in general, where, hey, look, good series of stuff, hard to pick out mm-hmm. something great, picked out something that I thought was really cool when I saw it. Um, and and that's that. And I think best angle, I mean, it really still has to be the whole DX run, the initial DX run, because that's what really put him, taken him from, yeah. if he doesn't have that, there is no Triple H for the next 20 years. I mean, that's it
1: it's just one yeah i think he's going through the best angle right now which is um uh, okay. and it's funny because I, I think internet fans are the most sadomasochistic fans ever it's like they're they're hating on him on the internet and then like oh please triple h make nxt so all of our favorite indie wrestlers can go there and um and now internet fans probably wish there was 20 triple h's running the company because vince's so senile so i don't know if you watch some <laughs> pat mcafee but his, his faculties are just uh, i wouldn't say completely sharp. shot but well, he's, he's older. not sharp. It, you just get a bit slow yeah well i mean you gotta yeah. i'm sorry hubie brown's like 90 100 years old <laughs> still still calling nba games so um okay. listen I, I at that point i think it's i i, I think it's i think it's um it's 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 darwin at work i mean really if if it's it's really luck if you're sharp or not he just happens not to be um for a guy that like it, it sucks because he's getting his comeuppance right now because you know 2020 you know wwe fires those two presidents barrios and i think her name was michelle wilson and you know the stock plummets 20 percent, and then nick khan comes in and say like, okay nick khan's this like agent guy he's like you know from from ca or triple a i can't remember where he was from ACA, ca sorry and um and i'm thinking to myself oh wow they're really not promoting triple h but i always thought that's okay he's gonna be the head of the wrestling guy he's he's you know what He's, he's, he's not the, um, he's, he's not the balance sheet guy, you know, that's for someone else, but he's going to run wrestling and I don't think he's going to get it, man. I think that, you know, and with his heart surgery and everything that's happened, um, I don't know if he's ever going to get it, especially if like WWE makes a sale to Amazon or Disney or whatever like or NBC. Um, I think, and I just checked this up Triple place is 52 years old. I think there's a very good chance that if he's not given certain concessions for the next transition, whether Vince McMahon, you know, um, goes to his own hell in the cell or, you know, just gives the, uh, or, you know, gives up the company prior to that. Um, if Triple H isn't made whole, like given like a really prominent position, I think he's out, man. I, I think mm-hmm. that, you know, there's only so much he can take because it's not that, it's not that he's been promised something before and like he's not given to him. I don't think it's any of that. It's just like, I truly believe that he's the smartest guy in the room. I think that he's, he's someone I would trust to date with WWE. In fact, I'm begging for him to take over Um, everything. Raw is so bad. SmackDown is so bad. Whenever you see good stuff, you just know that it's someone like Paul Heyman who's able to like, able to get his his, his shit in and and convince the old man that, you know, let's change this because, you know, he's very selfish as he should be. I'm glad he's selfish because at least he's the lone bright spot. and, And Brock Lesnar cares enough about his career and Randy Orton to extent. So there's a few guys who are able to manipulate themselves a certain way. But when you hear stories about Monday Night Raw being rewritten three hours before the show, Completely rewritten by Vince McMahon. A, you know uh, that the show was never good. You know the show was bad to begin with because all these writers are writing for Vince McMahon. That he, so everyone's writing for an audience of one, and the fact that he scraps it all, it, it's it's really concerning. Um, and but Triple H WCW. was supposed to be the guy. That was how it was in a WCW. way. I suppose, yeah. In, in in a way, but you you say um, WCW. I would beg for if if I could tag out, if I could t- get rid of the brain trust of. Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard, Kevin Dunn, uh, whoever the fuck they got there as well, I think. um, <laughs> um and, and replace it with Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo for like a month just to see if anything's better. I would <laughs> I would gladly take that.
0: No, oh, man, Triple blood.
1: H was... Yeah, Triple H, yeah, The New Blood. Um, This was supposed to be Triple H's last chapter or next chapter. And I think that part of... The retirement speech did on Stephen A. Smith's show, I don't think he was retiring from wrestling. I think he was retiring as an uh, executive with power, oh, with clout, yeah. which was devastating. Um, if I'm reading between the lines, I hope I'm wrong because I love wrestling. I'm waiting for – I wait for a couple things. As you know, I wait for the next Bret Hart but I also wait for like, you know, a semi-competent person to put together a decent, you know, wrestling show um, every week and that leads to a pay-per-view. Like I'm, I'm waiting for that to happen. WrestleMania is this weekend and I could give two shits about it. Um, <laughs> so, and okay. I just know that if Triple H was given free reign, that it would be um, a lot better product today. And it's sad that um, we're not going to get that. So I guess in the end, you know, two thousand and two, two thousand and three, wrestling fans got their wish like twenty years later, which is actually <laughs> kind
0: of sad. And you know what's funny is this: this podcast has almost been so fitting for Triple H's legacy because it really we haven't talked about his wrestling. Man, that is a great way to end it. All right, man. Yeah.
1: Take care. Okay.